Good to have you with us here this morning on this Palm Sunday. For those of you who don't know what Palm Sunday is, this is, uh, we're celebrating the event uh, 2,000 years ago where Jesus came into Jerusalem. It's called the Triumphant Entry. He was riding on the back of a donkey, and as he was coming into the city, people were celebrating and cheering his arrival and waving palm branches at him and laying him down on the ground as he walked along, hence Palm Sunday. And then Jesus, this is his final week on earth, where he comes into Jerusalem and he does his final week of teachings. And by the end of the week, the religious leaders have had it up to here and they move to have him killed. Now what he does in this final week, they'd actually been trying to kill him for years. They just, you know, not, I mean, he'd only been going for three years, but it didn't take long before they were already plotting on how to get rid of him. But this final week is very intense because if you read it, Jesus was really in their face and he's insulting them big time. He's sticking in their eye and <laughs> calling them hypocrites and snakes and everything else and really embarrassing them in front of everybody. People say, I wonder why they killed Jesus. Read that last week and you'll see why they killed Jesus because he really ticked them off. I mean, he comes, first thing he does, he knocks over all the tables in the temple and stuff and he starts insulting them. And I mean, he was really in their face. What it would do is every day he'd come in and he would teach and at the end of the day he would leave. They wanted to arrest him, but they didn't want to do it during the day because they were afraid of all the people. There were multitudes of people that loved him. They needed to grab him at night, but nobody knew where he was when he left at night. Uh, but then one guy betrayed him by the name of Judas. That's how Judas betrayed him. All he did is says, I'll tell you where he is. I'll tell you where he is. And for 30 pieces of silver, he says, he's, he took him to where he was at. And that's how the betrayal happened. All of this foretold by Jesus. But then uh, on Friday, we will reflect on his death. And Sunday morning, we will, next Sunday, we'll uh, celebrate the resurrection. So anyway, that's what's happening this week. That's what's why today's called Palm Sunday. Um, I want to talk to you today about Noah. You say, why would you talk about Noah on Palm Sunday? Because in the final week of Jesus' life during Holy Week, Jesus talked about Noah. We read about it in Matthew, the 24th chapter, verse 37. He says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. So he's talking about Noah uh, in his final week. And uh, we thought it would be appropriate because this is Holy Week to talk about. And of course, because the movie is out. And lots of people have been asking me questions about the movie. What do you think about the movie? What do you about? And there's a whole bunch of people that are just mad as hornets because it's not very biblically accurate. They're heathens. What do they know about biblical accuracy? They, you know, they, they have no passion for these things. Uh, that stuff does not bother me. Uh, people let things bother them. It doesn't bother me in the least. You say, well, it's not accurate. I don't care. I mean, if I were doing it, it would be accurate, but at least they're talking about the Bible. And uh, you say, well, it's not based on anything in the Bible. Yeah, it is. There's a guy named Noah. He builds an ark. And there's a big yo mama flood. That's pretty much the story, right? All right. Now, everything around it in the movie is pure nonsense uh, and not very original. I mean, the, visually, it's a stunning movie if you go see it. The script writing is horrendous. It's like 
do these people in Hollywood have no original thoughts at all in their heads? I'll talk more about that in just a second. But anyway, um, but let's start with a basic premise. Was there actually a flood? And was there a real Noah? Uh, according to Jesus, yes, there was. And that's why he talked about it. Now, I want to give you some of my intellectual reasoning to support the uh, idea of, of Noah and this gigantic flood, except to keep in mind, number one, that I'm not an intellectual wall, number one. And number two, I generally don't try to reason with people's heads to try to get them to come to God. Uh, coming to God is about here. It's not about here, okay? Now, you got to have something here, <laughs> or you can't get to here. So as far as you need something in your brain to work with, I will give you my reasoning. Uh, if you try and take this reasoning to someone else and they shoot you down, it doesn't matter. You're never going to reason anybody into the kingdom of God. They have to come from their hearts. Having said that, let me give you my best reasoning on this. First of all, there is dramatic evidence throughout the world that uh, there has been worldwide flooding. Uh, most scientists don't uh, dis dispute that at all. What they will argue is the time frame. They think it happened millions of years ago or whatever their deal is. You know, everything's millions of years to these people. And, uh, you know, because there's huge degrees of evidence in the uh, fossil records. I mean, when you find shark teeth on top of a mountain, there was a flood. All right? And, uh, and of course, in the, you know, signs and the, you know, the earth and stuff like that. But that's really not my point. I don't really get into any of that. Just saying that there is huge evidence of massive worldwide flooding. My argument actually has to do with population growth. And I don't think a lot of people have ever really thought about this. Rare they are that do. Uh, most people can't add and subtract. So starting to think about any kind of uh, complex uh, mathematical formulas loses them. But let me try and keep this as simple as I can because I'm a simple man. Uh, we know that the earth experiences X percent of population growth every year, okay? For the last however long, you know, in modern history, we're at about a 2% growth rate and have, have been for quite uh, some time. Um, let me show you what that means. If you can predict out, and they can, how many people are going to be here in 10 years, how long before it doubles again, how long before it doubles again, and of course people are saying, oh, there's too many people on the earth. First of all, that's not true. Uh, you could take every single one of the seven billion people on the face of the earth and give them a couple of acres and they'd all fit into Texas, believe it or not. Uh, all you got to do is hop in a little plane with me and you can, as far as you can see, there are not people anywhere. You can fly out a few minutes out of New York City and there's as far as you can see is nothing. The world is not suffering from a growth of population. What the world suffers from is millions of people who all want to live on the same block all right, New York City, those people are crazy. You know, everybody, oh, let's go live right here, you know. Really, you can't just go a few blocks away, you know. So anyway, uh, there is major population growth in cities, and I get that. But throughout the world, there is not, so that's not a big worry. But having said that, they calculate these things out, and they can see. Well, if you can go forward, the same is in reverse. If you take it and start backing it out, you can see how long before you get to just a handful, or even specifically two. And from that standpoint, the math does not hold up, particularly for evolutionists. Now, 
I'm not a big fan of the theory of evolution, as you know. Uh, my biggest problem with the theory of evolution is they've dropped the word theory and they teach it as fact. It is not fact. It is a wild-eyed guess because they have to try to explain why we're here. If there's no God, then how did we get here? Well, their version is, you know, there was a gigantic burp in the universe and it created the earth and we all slimed out of the ocean, climbed up a tree, turned into a monkey and fell out in a business suit one day. All right? <laughs> now, of course, they explain this away because it all took millions of years. And anything can happen over millions of years. You can't even get your head around it, so they must be right because it all happened over all these extended millions of years. Uh, but here's the problem with it. You would even think evolutionists, and assuming, I'm sure there's people here who absolutely believe in the theory of evolution. Knock yourself, I wasn't there. I can't tell you exactly what happened. But uh, um, even them, the people who don't believe in a biblical account of creation and that timeline, even evolutionists should join up with us when it comes to Noah. Because if you do the math, it doesn't make sense. Let me explain to you. If you take two people at a 2% growth rate, within 1,000 years, you have approximately 3 billion people. All right? Now, if they believe that human beings were on the earth for all this extended period of time, where are all the people? They're not there. You can't even begin to explain with all the wars and famines and plagues and genocide. You still can't explain where are all the people. If there was not a major population reset about 4,500 years ago, then the math doesn't make sense. Which my argument is their math doesn't make sense. That's why we weren't around for billions of years. Even 100,000. None of it. 10,000 years you go by. The math doesn't work, people. Unless the population growth was so low that virtually everybody died before they could possibly reproduce. In which case, that would blow the theory of evolution because you have lots of people reproducing to turn into different critters. Right? Now, uh, if you back it out, let's say with, you add all the plagues and genocide and everything and you cut it down to a quarter of a percent birth rate. If you take our population of 7 billion, work back at a quarter percent birth rate, which is very low. But factoring in all these diseases and all this, you get back about 4,500 years ago, you have eight people, which is how many people stepped off of that boat, okay? The idea that mankind has been here unfettered and that there was no flood or any major... Again, you could argue about what happened before. You can say it takes millions of years and there were gazillions of years. Whatever you want to do, knock yourself out. I wasn't there. Despite my advanced age, I cannot tell you, in point of fact, exactly, I was not an eyewitness. But even if you think in those terms, you would have to join us at the flood. Because the math doesn't work. At a quarter of a percent birth rate. And stop and think. We're at 2% and we've got birth control. All right? They didn't have birth control. In my family, there were six kids. You guys my age, a lot of people had six kids. And then if you look at your grandparents or parents, they came a family where they had 14. And ones who had before that, that had like 20. Good Lord, these women. Special place in heaven for all of that, I got to tell you. Uh, the math just doesn't add up. It is bogus. Uh, and there's some populations at times that had incredible growth rate. Take the Jewish nation, for example. And this, even if you don't believe in the Bible, forget the Bible. 
The Bible, is, the Bible has a historical part of it, but there's also historical records in mankind. We know that Egypt existed, and there was an Egyptian nation, and that the Egyptians had slaves that worked for them called Israelites. It's an absolute documented fact. There were approximately, when Moses came along and said, let my people go, there were about, they argue between 1.2 to 2.5 million Jewish people. Again, do the math. And by the way, some of you young guys are like, you're really into math. Just Google Noah and population. And I'll give you all the mathematical formulas. It's stunning. Their theory that mankind has been here uninterrupted for any extended period of time is pure baloney. It, it's impossible. The math doesn't work. Well, you take the Jewish nation. They started out with 70 people. The Bible says 70 people from the Jewish nation with Joseph went into Egypt. 400 years later, there is 1.2 to 2.5 million people. It's an absolute documented fact. That is a population growth of like 250%. We're talking massive. These people were growing like crazy. In fact, their growth rate was so dramatic, it freaked the Egyptians out. Also a documented fact, along with biblical recorded fact. You remember the account of Moses. The mother hid him in a little basket right in front. Hid him from what? They were killing the boys. The Egyptians were killing the boys off. Every newborn boy, they'd kill him and stuff. Why? Because of this insane population growth. Now stop and think about it. These people liked slaves. Slaves was money to them. The more slaves you got, the more money in the bank. Every crying baby should be the sound of money to these people. Okay, these are the people who built the pyramids. But they were growing at such an astronomical rate. They were freaking. And they said, we got to start killing them off. Because you talk about, we're talking 2%. It doesn't make sense. At this point in time, these people were at 250%. Astronomical. So they hid little baby Moses. Later he comes along. I'll let my people go. The Bible says the Jewish women were some serious fertile myrtles. I got to tell you. The Bible says they would be working in the field nine months pregnant, go into labor, come in, give birth, and then go back out in the fields. Wow. <laughs> Don't mess with these ladies. You know what I'm talking about? So, so they were breeding at an astronomical rate. Of course, they didn't have television and other things to divert their attention to things. <laughs> Good old homemade entertainment back in those days. You know what I'm saying? So, again, you would have to, again, for those of you who are just at some intellectual level, you don't buy into any of this. At a minimum, you got to buy that something happened. Because no way does the math work, even in terms of animals on the earth. None of this works. If you think life went uninterrupted for million, even 10,000 years ago, it doesn't work. Something happened. There was a major reset in the population growth about 4,500 years ago. And by the way, virtually every society on earth has an account of a flood. It's hardwired. I mean, this was a big stinking deal. This wasn't done in a closet somewhere. Something happened. Was there a Noah? You bet your sweet bippy there was a Noah. And there was a major flood, and there was a major population reset. Now, the question is why? Why did God do a major population reset about 4,500 years ago? Well, we read about it in Genesis, the sixth chapter. It says, when human beings began to increase in number on the earth, and they were increasing dramatically, uh, there wasn't just a few tribes out in the middle of some jungle somewhere. There, again, you can do the math back even not just to uh, Noah, but back to Adam. It's about 6,000 years since the time of Adam. 
Now, this is where creationists or uh, uh, evolutionists have a fit. You guys think the earth's been around for 6,000? No, we didn't say the earth's been around for 6,000. The earth could be around for gazillions of years like you say. But we're saying it was 6,000 years since Adam. Well, I can't be, uh, they, they mock it. But again, their math doesn't work. Because you take Adam for 1,500 to 2,000 years, do the math, you wind up with billions of people on the earth, just starting with two. And I'm pretty sure they had a pretty healthy population growth back then. There were a lot of people on the earth at the time of the flood. Uh, so they began to increase the number, the Bible says. Daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw the daughters of humans were beautiful. They married them and any they chose. The Lord said, my spirit will not contend with these humans forever. He's had it. They're mortal. The days will be 120 years. He set a clock on these boys. He's going to reset the whole thing. Then there's this very odd thing in the Bible. I don't know why it's there. I wish it wasn't there. Every once in a while they stick something in. I was like, what are you talking about? But let's read it. It says the Nephilim were on the earth in those days. Now, who are the Nephilim? The Nephilim was a race of superhumans, if you will. Okay? Uh, and uh, it says that when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans, they had children by them. They were the heroes of old, men of renown. Some biblical scholars think that there's really hardwired into human DNA stories of big uh, heroes like the Hercules and stuff of Greek mythology, or they called them gods and stuff like that. Pretty hardwired in all the culture. Where does that come from? A lot of biblical scholars will say, well, it comes from these guys. Apparently, there was a race of superhuman people on the earth at a time that did extraordinary things. That's as much as the Bible says, pfft, no details. We have no idea. Who were these sons of God? I have no idea. Now, some guys say, well, they think that it was fallen angels came, and then they had sex with the women, and but that sounds too Rosemary's baby to me. I don't get all that. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. I don't get it. I'm not going to try and get it. Who knows? All we know is that there were these yo mama people on the earth at the time. Now, um, and then it goes on. There's, that's the only thing it says about it, and I don't know why it's even mentioned, uh, except to maybe give us a reasoning for where all these stories come from. From that standpoint, I guess it makes sense to me. Uh, but from the movie, if you've gone to the movie, they take these supernatural fallen beings and they said that they turned into rock people, if you've seen the movie, which is about the stupidest thing in the movie that there is. So these gigantic rock people going, very Lord of the Rings, you know, kind of thing. I'm like, seriously, you can't come up with something new other than rock people. <laughs> well, that movie had rock people. Let's give it rock people. So they got these gigantic rock people that helped Noah build the earth. The ark, is that true? No, there were not gigantic rock people roaming around on the earth. But that's where they got that from. Anyway, the Bible says, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. And I don't think any of us comprehend that. Just take the last 150 years. And I'm talking the Nazis, I'm talking Pol Pot regime, I'm talking Stalin, people who have committed genocide on the earth, killing multiple millions of lives in the most brutal way possible. That's just in the last 100 years of human history. Take that and multiply that by a factor of who knows what. That's what the earth was like. And even that, you would need that to explain why there's not more people on the earth. But even with that, it still doesn't make sense. There's this, you'd have to get to such a low uh, birth rate. But anyway, so God sees us. It is unbelievable. It is a disaster. These are the people from uh, Adam who rebelled against God. Cain kills Abel. The whole thing is a mess. They, they are wicked at a level you and I truly do not comprehend. We get pictures of it when we see the worst of the worst in human nature. This was the norm. Imagine the worst of those guys 
and make that the norm of human existence. That's how terrible it was. And it says, God said that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. And the Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth. And his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created. And basically, from that point on, that's where there's this massive population reset, which all the evidence points to today. You remove Noah, all the other theories fall flat because the numbers just aren't there. So what do I think of the movie Noah? And all of this has nothing to do with my sermon, which I'll get to in just a minute. Um, <laughs> there's actually a point to the story of Noah that Jesus talked about. But number one, in the movie of Noah, the earth was not a desolate wasteland because everybody cut down all the trees. Everything in Hollywood is environmentalist. You know, everything. You know, God was mad at mankind because we didn't recycle. Really, that's not why he wiped out all of the earth and did this massive population reset. It's because human beings had been, it was just beyond our comprehension how evil, wicked, and destructive these people had become. And God said, man, we got to reset this thing or we're not going to get anywhere. That's what caused it. It wasn't because they cut down trees. What is it with these people and trees anywhere? You know, it's almost all these movies are something about trees. The trees are magic. Don't kill the trees. The trees have life. They have spiritual life coming out of the trees. All these things about trees. Good Lord. Trees make good things like this. I don't know what the heck they're talking about. That beautiful instrument. That was a tree. Thank God. All this stuff. I just went, took my grandkids to Rio, too. Have you seen this? You know, the whole plot is someone was cutting down the trees. Again, apparently there's like three people who write every script in Hollywood and cannot think outside the box. The same stupid over and over again. You have no idea how much your kids are being brainwashed by the stupidity, by the way. All this major emphasis on, you know, uh, environmental. Look, I, I think we should be good stewards of the planet, but these people are nuts, for heaven's sakes. That's why. See, human life to these people is of little value. What's important is trees and critters. That's why you could go to prison for a very long time if you kill a seal. But you can abort a human and nobody blinks an eye. You destroy the eggs of certain endangered species. Oh, all hell will break loose. Kill people? Who cares? I'm telling you, this country has gone nuts in certain aspects. And it's just out of control. The earth was not destroyed because we cut down all the trees. And ate all the critters, too. That was the other thing. We ate all the people, animals. Which, biblically, is not true. In fact, up to the time of Noah, the Bible teaches us that people never ate, people never ate meat. They all were vegetarians. It wasn't until after the flood that God instructed human beings to start eating meat. Which is very interesting. Uh, now, why would that be? Now, there are scientists who do believe in this massive flood that happened. And not of all of them are Christians. Some actually are Christians and believe the biblical version. But whether you're biblical or not, again, you have to come up with this population reset. If they're being honest, the numbers don't make sense. Something happened, and there is evidence of massive flood. Here's their theory. They believe, and it's consistent with the Bible, by the way. They're, they're, they believe that the earth was encircled by massive moisture clouds and stuff like that, which did uh, two things that would explain why people lived so long. One, they believe it would have reflected out all the harmful rays of the sun. The reason why we are all slowly turning into prunes, despite all the oil of Olay you may establish upon your face. The reason we all prune out eventually is because of the sun. The sun is what? 
if back in those days that was all reflected out, your skin would have stayed much more healthy and you would have been around for a lot longer. Also, such an environment would have increased a great, a much heavier barometric pressure on the earth, which to this day, uh, people in the medical field can tell you about this. They take like burn victims or people with real serious injuries and put them into barometric chambers. Increase the pressure because when the pressure goes, your body heals faster. You can imagine a world in which there was this natural pressure environment and of course gave you know much more controlled environment and temperatures and much more the Garden of Eden type scenario where people enjoy. They live much longer lives. They would heal faster if they did get wounded. They aged much slower. They were all vegetarians. Uh, in fact, the Bible even, there's no record of it ever raining. They never, they never used the word rain. The Bible says that the earth was uh, you know, refreshed with uh, dew and moisture and stuff like that. Um, it's not until the flood and after that, now we get crazy weather and patterns and all this stuff. And, and uh, there was a massive eco change in the earth where things changed dramatically. And that's when people started, according to the Bible, started eating meat because God told them to start eating meat because they said it was healthier for them. I know there are vegetarians who think it's healthier to eat just uh, uh, lawn clippings, but it is not. Uh, in fact, the new studies coming out, and if you're a vegetarian, don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you, the new studies that came out just in the last couple of weeks said that people who are vegetarians are not healthier. They are less healthy. You know, you need to eat critters. Why? I don't know. You just do. Personally, it's a great vote for bratwurst for me, and I'm all for that. All right? Praise God for Wisconsin. So, uh, so anyway, there wasn't, you know, the earth wasn't, cut down trees weren't all down, and we didn't eat all the critters, all right? Number two, as I said, there were not giant rock people that helped build this ark. Number three, there was no stowaway on the ark. <laughs> you know, now we're talking Gilligan's Island. These people have no original thoughts in their heads at all. A boat where there's a stowaway. Boy, we've never seen that thing before, have we? I mean, seriously, do these people have no embarrassment? I would be mortified if I was a writer. Seriously, no original thoughts in this movie. It visually is great. The writers should be horsewhipped. All right, terrible, 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 terrible job. All right, okay, we don't horsewhip them. We'll put them in stocks and throw garbage at their heads. Anyway, so uh, here's one part that really irritated people. Uh, Noah did not threaten to kill his grandchildren because uh, that's in the movie. You know, because Noah was convinced that what God really intended was for just people to be around his family enough just for the save the animals, right? It's all about the animals and the trees. People don't mean jack squat. This is Hollywood. This is extreme environmentalist wacko insanity thinking. And people are the problem and that God was trying to kill. So we need to kill our grandchildren so that the human beings will stop. That is baloney. That never happened. Okay, that's just in these wackos' heads uh, that did the movie. All right? So that, just relax. That never ha- Read the Bible. It never happened. They knew it was a population reset, and they were supposed to have children like crazy. You say, but, but in the movie, none of them had wives. That's why it's not true. They did have wives. In fact, you take Noah and his three kids and their wives, you wind up with eight people, which is about how many people you'd have to have 4,500 years ago to get to today's population at a half a percent, okay? They had wives. One of the themes in the movie is that the guys couldn't bring their girlfriends with them, and they were all mad about it. No, that didn't happen, 
okay? So there's all kinds of crazy stuff. Do I think it's worth going? Sure, I think it's worth going. I think it's great to, visually, it's a very stunning, uh, scripturally, uh, it's not very accurate. The script writing is horrendous and stupid. Uh, one final thing, by the way, uh, for uh, those of you who like, you know, trivia, and you like to play Trivial Pursuit and that kind of stuff. How many animals of each kind were there on the ark? No, there were not. Which means a lot of you don't read your Bibles as much as you think you should. Uh, it's amazing, by the way, how much we take for granted truth that is not true at all in the Bible. If I were to ask you, how many wise men were there? There were not three. We have no idea how many. The song says, we three kings of, we, we don't know. It doesn't say. It never says. The song says it, therefore it becomes fake. No. So, and there's all kinds of, that's why we teach the Bible, to try and get us to think straight because we go off. Does anybody know how many pairs of animals there were on the ark? We got it right in the first service. Second service, they died like dogs. <laughs> anybody else? Third service. Seven. Whoa, who said that? Raise your hand. Yes, give her a hand. Fabulous. There were seven pairs of each animal. Where do we get two? The Bible says there were seven pairs, but two of every unclean animal. What is an unclean animal? I don't know what they thought. Unclean, the, the law of Moses hadn't been written yet. So I don't know what, what an unclean animal was. Just creepy animals. So the creepy ones were just one pair, two of each one of them. But the rest, there were seven pairs of all of the other ones. What does that have to do with anything? Nothing. All right. In fact, all of the sermon has nothing to do with anything. I'm finally now, in the last three minutes, going to give you what I think this whole thing is about. Which is, here's the point of the account of Noah that Jesus brought up. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man at the end. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving marriage. There wasn't all this anarchy on the earth as in the movie. Up until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. What Jesus said is going to be the same at the end. This is unsustainable, by the way, the world in which we live. It is not sustainable, and God never intended it to be sustainable. This had a limited time frame on it from the beginning, and he knew it. Okay, this will not go on for millions of more years, I guarantee you. Uh, this is all going to come to an end. I think it's going to come to an end rather quickly, I personally can't imagine all of this going on more than another hundred years. I could be wrong. But at some point, according to the Bible, this all stops. But even if you don't believe this is all going to stop, one thing is for sure, you're going to stop. Okay? We all come to an end. The point of the account of Noah, according to Jesus, is be ready. Only a fool ignores the inevitable. You can imagine if they had been announcing for weeks that a meteor was heading toward this exact spot in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and was going to leave a huge hole and kill anybody within 50 miles. And CNN and Fox and everybody, MSNBC wouldn't report it because they don't know anything. But uh, everybody else was reporting it. And they said, the meteor's coming, and, all the, and the police are trying to clear everything out, and it's headed, and it's going to land at approximately 11.30 this morning. And we all gather here anyway, we are really stupid, okay? Because only a moron ignores the inevitable. If we'd all be here singing and clapping and listen to me ramble, knowing that in three minutes, a meteor is going to hit this exact spot, we would be insane. 
Nobody would think like that. Well, the same is true. A meteor is not on its way, thank God, at least not that I'm aware of. I'd be really shocked in three minutes if it actually happened. But, uh, <laughs> oh, boy, he was right. Who knew that? What a... <laughs> Everybody on the line, boy, I'm glad I stayed home today, you know. <laughs> but what is inevitable is we all check out of here. Someday the ticker quits ticking and the breather quits breathing. The point of our lives is we need to be ready. We need to take eternity seriously. That's the point of this Holy Week expression that we'll do on Friday and Good Friday and celebrate next Sunday morning on Easter, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, is that through him we can have eternal life because this earth is temporary. We are passing through. Whether or not you think it's going to end at any time soon or ever is irrelevant. I promise you, you're all going to end. We all end. The point of the message, despite the 29 minutes of rambling of, of nonsense, is simply this. The account of Noah that Jesus talked about is to remind us we need to be ready. The people in Noah's day, he said, had no idea what was coming. They thought everything was going to stay this way. I got all the time in the world until the flood knocked them out and there was this massive population reset. Now, the Bible says there's going to be another ending that's coming. This will be the last one. When it comes, I don't know, but we do know irregardless, which is not a word. Regardless. <laughs> Where did that come from anyway? <laughs> there's no such word as irregardless. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, we do know that all of us come to an end. The point of all of this, live a life that takes eternity seriously and be ready. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for your truth today on this Palm Sunday as we gear up for this next week of services and celebration. Lord, help us to take eternity seriously. Lord, help people. I know it's so easy to get caught up in our lives and bills and dealing with people and life that... A lot of people don't take eternity seriously, but we need to take eternity seriously. All this at some point is going to come to an end, but even if it doesn't, Lord, we all come to an end. Help us to take from today this overwhelming thought as we go into this week that we need to be ready. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Bless you.